0: Welcome to Exodus California. I'm your host, Joanne Kraft, and my husband, Paul, will be your co-host as we share our story about how we left California and made our home in the rolling hills of Tennessee. Exodus California is a podcast for Californians who've had enough and are getting ready to pull the trigger and make that move out of a state they once loved. Welcome to Exodus, California, Moving to Tennessee. I am your host, Joanne Kraft, and I'm here with my husband and co-host, Paul Kraft.
1: Hey, y'all. Well, today's a great day for us because it's not too often we get to interview somebody uh, that we've known for a long time, uh, that we have a lot of history with, and that we uh, really happen to like. Uh, That's Ryan Templeman. Uh, That is also Joanne's cousin. And uh, we like uh, really working with him. We think he does a great job, super personal, easy to work with, very knowledgeable about the subject matter.
0: And our clients have really loved working with Ryan. It isn't just that he's family, though we do have a family real estate company, Maplewood Realty. We have a lot of people in our family who are very uh, smart. Yeah. And, and
1: so Ryan's uh, been in the mortgage industry now. We'll let him you know, introduce himself and what he does. But one of the things they teach us in law school and one of the things that anybody will tell you is if you have a subject that has a checkered past, you get that out of out in front right away. And so, Ryan Templeman, are you a fan of the Las Vegas, formerly Oakland Raiders?
2: <laughs> I 100 percent knew that you were going to ask that, Paul. and I really appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I am. Uh, as sad as it really is, um, I haven't forced my kids to like the Raiders, but I do love them no matter where they're at, but it's still not the same as them. Being are, you
1: still, are you still seeking therapy for the self-hatred and loathing you must go through every single year?
2: Oh, I, I it's weekly. Oh, I'd say I still watch for some reason every Sunday in the fall. My Sundays are ruined, but I'm still watching. So the
1: therapy is helping them. But that's a testament to how faithful you are, though. I mean, if Ryan's your mortgage guy, man, you've got somebody who's dedicated through thick and thin, no matter how bad things get, he's there for you. So you got you got that going for you, Ryan. He's, Thank you. He, Low credit score, high credit score, whatever it is, I'm here to help.
0: Yeah, uh, he, he actually is. Matter of fact, we just had a client uh, this week who was looking for a mortgage product that uh, Ryan was the only one that actually had what they were looking for, and so while we're while we are definitely a family who uh, loves to kind of rib each other, he is clearly professional, and our business is very important to us, and we wouldn't refer just anybody to anyone. Uh, he is actually fantastic at what he does, and has also helped a lot of us in the family. Uh, so that says a lot.
1: People listen to this podcast; they hear enough from Joanne and I. Let's start hearing from Ryan. So, uh, Joanne, why don't you kick us off?
0: Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your family, where you live now. Um, Maybe just just give us kind of a little bit of your history.
2: Absolutely. And thank you again for having me on, guys. Um, So I'm a native Californian, just like most of the people listening. I imagine Uh, born and raised in the Bay Area, went to college in the Bay Area. And uh, for a time I was in education. So I was in education right out of college for about 15 years. I was a high school social studies and economics teacher, uh, coached varsity baseball, and then uh, became a high school administrator. And then after a few years of uh, doing that and not seeing my own family, I, I pivoted and got my mortgage license because that obviously sounds like the next step to do, right? But um, I used to teach mortgage curriculum in my economics class, and especially during the recession. It was a uh, you know unfortunately there's a lot of current events to talk about with your students so but it allowed me to kind of gain some knowledge um, about the subject matter where eventually I would get my license. I have a wife, uh, her name's Tony. I have two kids, Braden and Zoe. Braden is 13 in seventh grade. Zoe is 11 and in sixth grade, and we are very busy um, with all their sports, with soccer and volleyball, track. Uh, my wife and I have to can we have to schedule coffee meetings, just so we can hang out and talk. Um, But I feel that's really important uh, when you're busy with kids. So so anyway, yeah, so grew up in the Bay Area. As Paul said, yes, I love the Raiders. I love the A's, the Warriors, even though uh, soon enough, none of those teams will be uh, in the East Bay, which is where my family, as you guys know, uh, grew up in the East Bay. So we have a lot of love for that side of the Bay. But about, yeah, so I've been in the mortgage business for seven years now. I started working for a company called Bay equity home loans that was based in the Bay area, but was nationwide. Um, and recently I made a switch to a company called cross country mortgage, which is the number two or number three mortgage lender in the whole country. Um, so we can get into that later on, but, uh, we're now living in Franklin, Tennessee. We moved here. Can you believe it's almost been three years already? Uh, yeah, this January would be three years. I know. Um, and I still have my Raiders license plate bracket on my truck. But no one's ripped it off yet. So, anyway, uh, nobody wants to touch
1: anything related to the Raiders, Ryan. Bad mojo, man. Bad mojo.
0: Stop. (laughs) Do you know know how many people are listening that love the Raiders? I mean, I think we're outnumbered here.
1: (laughs) The Raiders fans know how to operate a cell phone and get apps and stuff. That's news to me. I mean, that's awesome. That they're making progress like that. I guess the uh, I guess the prison education system is really kicking in. Oh my gosh, he's digging oh, it in.
0: Wow, wow. It. Let's yeah. Let's talk about the Seahawks and the one yard. It's hard play. when they don't have to
1: say. I, I have
2: nothing to say back because I I get it. It's one of those. I'm a I'm a practical Raider fan. I love them. I know they suck, or I know they're going to let me down, but I still keep watching. So, I,
1: well, you talked no. about your you talked about your you know your history and education, and, and obviously. You know, we've known you long enough to know you have a love for teaching and a love for kind of taking the knowledge you've acquired and then imparting that to other people in a way that's understandable. And and now you brought that to the mortgage business. So what was your path to the mortgage business? I mean, why did you decide other than you mentioned family, but was there something else that you could have gone anywhere from education? Why did you pick going into mortgage instead of some other field?
2: Well, I mean, to be honest, it wasn't my first choice. It was something I'd always thought about because I actually, I loved research. When I was teaching the economics and teaching mortgage stuff, I actually just loved reading about, you know, the whole industry. I thought it was fascinating in good and bad ways. Um, But I actually had other jobs or interviewed for different sales type jobs um, after I left education. So I was just looking for something, to be honest, that was flexible enough where I could be a dad. And when I was a vice principal at the high school level, uh, you know, I wanted to coach Little League. I wanted to be involved. And there was a lot of that I lost by because of the job. I just couldn't do it. And so it got to a point where I'm like, I just, I want to be able to find something with a flexible schedule. um, Something I feel sales, I mean, mortgage, you know, being a mortgage loan officer it's sales. And Mm -hmm. so I feel I'm personable. uh, I can connect with people. And so I felt, you know, you know, once this opportunity came across, you know, came to me, it, it made sense. So I, I basically, I, I got a job offer on the playground by um, a good friend of mine. Our daughters were friends and we were dropping the kids off at school one morning. And he simply just said, cause he knew I was looking at jobs. Um, and he said, why don't you just come work for me? So I met with him a couple more times. And then like, that was kind of it. Long story short, I, I you know, I, this will, this makes sense. and Got my license and started originating, um, you know, in Danville, California. was working out of a danville office and eventually we opened up an office in livermore california which is where you know tony and i lived for the last 15 years um so it wasn't like this is my dream job at the time but it's turned into something i feel that i've i've done a a decent job of helping others it's something that's provided for my family but like you said paul at the beginning the education part like the teacher in me will never leave so I, i still get to teach every single day and I think that a lot of my clients really appreciate uh, the, you know, just understanding the process. You know, it's a complicated process. It doesn't have to be, but it can be. And I, I go off of all the times I've purchased homes, you know, the experience that Tony and I had in buying, it, and I use that to motivate me um, to help my clients through their process.
1: And so for a jump to the next question, you mentioned earlier, you recently made a switch from one company to another. So give us a little bit of background about the new company and maybe what prompted the switch.
2: Yeah. Um, I have nothing but great things to say about Bay equity. That's the only mortgage lender I'd work for. Um, so, you know, it was, it was emotional in the sense of the people that I knew um, connections I'd made, but it got to a point, you know, cause my team was still back in California, which is a good thing. You know, obviously in this job and the pandemic allowed for a lot of jobs, he didn't have to be face to face, but Ever since moving here almost three years ago, I'd always had in the back of my mind, it'd kind of be nice to go into an office and actually see people. However that is, whether Bay Equity can provide that or another another company, whatever that is. So basically, I got to the point in the last probably six months, I was really seriously entertaining uh, going somewhere else, talk to a different company, a couple of different companies. You know, mortgage rates are relatively the same no matter where you go. So it's really going to be about the company and the culture and all the other stuff that they can provide for you to help give your customers a good, you know, an excellent experience. And ultimately, I settled on cross country, um, one, because of the team that's here in Franklin, uh, the team I joined, I feel it's just, there's, it's a great team, uh, very personable. And um, I feel there's a lot that was being offered to me in terms of growth for not only me, but for my clients, because obviously, my clients can only do so much, you know, as long if I need to have the knowledge to be able to, um, help my clients. And, you know, what the situation I was in wasn't a bad situation, but I felt like I was on an island, to be honest with you, because I had, you know, a lot of my team was still back in California. You got different time zones. You know, sometimes you have an underwriter in a different time zone and you're waiting for, you know, clear to close or waiting for an update. And it, it just, it was getting, I don't say tiresome, but a change was needed. So, uh, yeah. So, Cross Country and I uh, made a deal. And um, so far, so good. You know, obviously it's just, I've only been here a short amount of time, but, um, everything so far I've been very impressed with. And also just one thing to add cross country, one of the draws for them specifically is they have most loan types, if not everything in-house. So all the non-traditional loans, the bank statement loans, um, DSCR loans for investors, typically I would have to have brokered that out and sent it to another bank that specializes in that. They have all that in-house. Um, which is a huge which is huge for a loan officer and also for the client, just the experience being able to, you know, being able to have all the stuff in-house with the same underwriting, all that. So uh, their their product array was something that was very exciting. Construction to permanent, land, they have like everything, which is very exciting.
1: Very excited for you and and thank you. We don't need to get into all the details of, of all that. So if you have questions on any type of loan product, give Ryan a call. Yeah, absolutely.
0: You know, you touched on something, Ryan, which I think is really important is I think it says a lot about a person when they, you know, enter a different the same position, but a different company. And it's hard Got for it. everybody. And I think for our listeners that that may not understand, just because you've changed companies doesn't mean that you have changed your business and what you do professionally. You take your clients, go with you because they continue to work for you. They don't have to re re-sign up with you they don't have to you know nothing really changes on their on their behalf
2: right and it's actually funny so this morning as you can tell i actually got a haircut today it's the first time in a long time yeah thank you thank you so much um but uh my barber is actually a client and he bought a house last april here in franklin and um this morning literally, we had the conversation he goes hey now that you're switching companies like so when i go to refinance to, i'm like no I, i'm your guy i mean i hope i'm still your guy but no you come to me because as you guys know most times even if you do a you know you originate a loan through a certain company it doesn't mean that that company's going to service the loan someone another company might buy the loan and now you're making your payment to this bank and then a couple months later it could be this bank or whatever so i uh, tried to explain to him like no i'm no matter You know, the only thing different right now is I have a different logo and email address. It's the same phone number. It's similar products, but the process for me is going to be a lot easier, which is going to free me up to do a lot more things that I really want to do to try to, you know, help new clients, work with new agents, whatever that might be. So,
0: yeah. You know, one of the things that makes you very unique, Ryan, is that the people listening didn't always necessarily think they would be in another state. Matter of fact, I never, ever saw myself in Tennessee, ever. And it's very difficult for people to make those decisions sometimes. And what I find incredibly helpful about you, and this is something that listeners don't know yet, and they will when they start, when they reach out and call you, is that you don't only have sympathy for them, you also have empathy because you know what a hard choice that is you know how hard it is on people you love you it is it is it is a very difficult decision even when it's for all the right reasons and um some hard reasons so i i want people to know that you're also the kind of person and and i know well paul is not this kind of person but you and i are this kind of person in that <laughs> <laughs> and i think you might know where i'm going here in that it really sits with us if, if if you if you're looking for a loan for somebody it's hard not to take that home because you know that they're waiting on you you know it's the same with me with, when they're trying to find a house i'm like okay this they really need to get into a house and so we both have that expertise from experience ourselves in with that sympathy and that empathy that a lot of mortgage brokers here have no clue about
2: i don't know 100 I, I mean I mean, speaking of the family thing, if we didn't have you guys or any, you know, your kids here, like it would have been more difficult, way difficult for us moving. Um, You know, you guys were such a blessing to us throughout the whole process uh, from, you know, just exploring the idea to actually executing it and, 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 you know, helping us with our house, which you guys did. It is an emotional decision. A lot of people don't understand. You know, I think what we've, the, you know, three of us have talked before where you have people, friends, family, colleagues, whatever they're like, but you don't have to move. You know, it's not like we, we lost our job or, um, you know, got a job transfer. So that's, so sometimes it's difficult for people to, to understand that. So when I hear those stories for the, from those clients, you know, it's like, I've, I've been there. I, I understand. I think that adds another layer of care that you can provide to a client. You know, you're not just, I'm not just looking at numbers for them in loan programs. It's just trying to understand their story and make a connection. And I think, you know, the two of you guys make great connections with your clients, especially the ones that are listening to this podcast, because I know they have you know, a lot of trepidation about moving. Um, you know, we're all pretty much born and raised California and to all of a sudden go to the, the South, I never thought I'd be in Tennessee. I mean, you guys know that. And in fact, Joanne, I know when I told you we were moving, you're like, no, you were like, you didn't believe me at all. You know, you're no. like, hey, sure.
0: no, No, um, I, didn't. But, I remember that. I'm like, no, you're not. I was going to say just to set the record straight though, nobody could have looked more unhappy f- for a few hours looking at the time <laughs> at the moment. Cause I mean, yeah, you're going, what are we doing? Is this really happening? So yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's hard.
2: You know, I, as you guys know, I still have a deep connection with, know as you guys do as well with people back back in california um so i do you know i try as often to get back there to see you know friends and family do some stuff for work but um you know my kids right now are so happy they're so happy they're thriving and we also moved it moved at a unique time you know during the pandemic where our two kids didn't see a friend for like eight months um, so that, you know, got old after a while. That's not the reason why we moved, you know, our kids when we moved, they were like, we're moving because of COVID and I'm like, no, no, I mean, it accelerated the decision. Um, as you guys know, we were talking for years prior to that about a, a possible move, you know, whether it was Arizona or Texas. And then we came to visit Nashville and, you know, Tony, my wife was just like, this is like Franklin, this is it, you know, it took a little bit longer to get, me on board, but it was a, um, you know, obviously I'm grateful for the decision. Uh, and you know, it's one of those things that, that you could say, you, know, you wish we you would have done it sooner, but it happened at the right time for us. You know, I think when the, when we did it, um, no matter how tough it was, you know, on us or on family, like it was the right decision for the kids.
0: Well, and before we move on to the next question, though, I do have to ask you one other personal question, because a lot of our clients have reached out and we actually um, just had Samuel on the show, um, just kind of giving the, the perspective of an 11 year old that moved here. Can you share with the listeners before we get into kind of the mortgage side? Is there any tips you'd give parents bringing kids over and how old were the kids just to let them know when you moved here?
2: So Zoe was in fourth grade and Braden was in, no, at the time Zoe was in third grade. I'm sorry. uh, And Braden was in fifth grade. So what, eight, nine and 10, 11, I don't know, something around there. You know, we moved January 1, 2021. So they, you know, the cool thing about that time is they got to go right into a classroom, but they got to be around other kids. They got to play sports. Uh, So I feel there's, The number of activities that they have here for kids, it's almost impossible not to meet other people. Um, Us as a soccer family, you know, we all played soccer growing up and we think California is a big soccer hub. But I was blown away by the soccer program here in Franklin. Like the the fact they have a spring soccer league that's just as many kids play that as they do in the fall we jumped right in put the kids right in there met some people uh, and i think the neighborhood we chose to live is obviously just been a blessing because we've met so many people tony and i we have always said we're, we're social people we'll meet people we're not worried about that it's about the kids so we put the kids in a situation you know where they almost couldn't could not meet people but i think getting the kids active and participating in, you know th- there's so many different things they can be doing sports related or not sports related so um And we're really happy with the schools too. And I don't just say that to try to make it feel like, you know, to try to like exaggerate all the schools are absolutely amazing. Like I'm actually very pleased with the schools. Like I'm very happy with the education our kids are receiving. Uh, We live in Williamson County, which typically is the top rated, you know, public school system in the state of Tennessee. And um, yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I feel there's a lot of opportunities for, uh, for kids And it's just about getting them here and just getting them involved. And if they like this thing, awesome. If they don't go try something else.
0: That's no, that's great advice. And I think one other thing that really helped your family, it kind of speaks to new construction is that when you built your home in a, in a development in Franklin, everybody was new there and how many were from California?
2: Yeah. So our street, I think there's 20 homes and I think it's nine houses are Californians. Our <laughs> neighbors across the street, are-
1: plates, they still talk to you? What? <laughs> they, I put, even with your Raider plates, they still t- I mean, people are friendly here, right? They overlook those shortcomings. Oh, There's a point to what
2: he's saying, Joanne. Right. Like, that's exactly the point is, no matter what, they still will talk to me, mm-hmm. you know, um, regardless of who I root for. Um, But the neighbors across the street.
0: Wait, I'm gonna say one thing. I know who won't talk to you after this, who who listens to this if they do is Aunt Judy. So just know Aunt Judy will not talk to you after this, Paul. But go ahead.
2: Oh, <laughs> say
1: it to my face.
2: <laughs> <laughs> our neighbors across the street are from San Jose. So we, we you know, which is so random. We lived about 35 minutes from each other. I mean, didn't know each other, obviously, in California, but yeah, our our street is, you know, all new people. Um, as you guys know, the term unicorns. Uh, finding someone from Tennessee, you know, meeting someone that's actually from Tennessee. It's like finding a unicorn, you don't really spot them or find them that often. Yeah, it's kind of cool. A lot of people at the same time as us had the same journey. They came from somewhere else, um, whether they moved for work or because they were in a situation like us where the kids, you know, I wouldn't say were suffering, but it was pretty miserable um, what was going on. And they were at an age where I felt this can't keep going on you know, if they were younger, it might be a different thing or if they were older, but I feel it's kind of cool to have all the neighbors. We we all have similar stories.
0: That really does help you get close very quickly. I like to say that when you meet other Californians here, you, but you become friends pretty fast. You'll go, Oh, you're from the old country. Where in the old country are you from? So to kind of, kind of make a quick segue into why we're here. And that is to really give some people encouragement because right now, a lot of people are pressing pause um, because of interest rates. What would you say to them? What are your thoughts today about the real estate market and when it comes to mortgage lending and all the things you're a professional about?
2: I mean, it's hard to tell people to spend their money because it's their money. But I think that the best thing I do is I, I try to, you know, whether it's anecdotes or just try to relate as much as possible and like empathize, like I totally understand. Um, but I, I think of all the houses I bought. I, I personally was never concerned about interest rate. I was more concerned about what's my payment. Okay. And the first house I bought, I bought it with the best for my one of my best friends, and we rented a room out. So when we, you know, we you sign your closing papers and you're looking at the numbers like, holy, how are we going to afford this? And then we had a, a you know, someone paid us eight hundred dollars a month to offset our our mortgage. So we looked at ways to kind of be creative and help us, but. I was just on the phone with somebody I've been talking to for a year and he said, I'm reading articles that are showing that, you know, there's going to be a collapse here. And yeah, I see the same stuff, but I think right now, as you guys know, I mean, with rates higher, it scared a lot of people, but then that's lower demand. And then in some cases it's lower prices. So sometimes people are able to get a property for at, at you know, asking price, if not under, and didn't have to compete. They didn't have to drain their 401ks. They didn't have to go ask mom and dad for gift money. They didn't have to, like, they were able to get the property. And then when rates start coming down, you see all the great memes where, you know, it's like people running in the street and it has like a, um, you know, 7% attached to it. And then all of a sudden it has a 6%. And then you start seeing more people running. So it's a great analogy for the market when you start seeing when rates come down, more people are going to get the market, more people are going to jump into the rates. So, uh, I think we all do a good job of trying to be real with people as far as like, this is what's probably going to happen. But on the same, on the flip though, you know, a lot of people in the mortgage industry, we were, it's hard. I got out of the business of predicting what it's going to happen with rates. Like I don't want to because there's so many factors that go into our economy. Um, I'm not going to be predicting, but we had some industry leaders that were telling us May 10th was going to be the date where we're going to start to see, cause that's going to, you know, we're going to start to see rates start to come down. Uh, because that's when um, inflation numbers were going to match up with housing and all this stuff. So I was like, all right, cool. We're going to start to maybe get some refinances or help people with, you know, get lower rates. And that could not be far from the truth. So it just goes to show you, I don't want say you can't trust anybody, but I, I think the point is like, just get in, get in. And then, you know, you can always refinance later if you can rent a room out Um, live there for a year, then rent it out, whatever it is. So I just, it's hard to tell people to spend their money. Um, I understand that, but I try to just, you know, what the implications of not jumping in the market. So this guy I just talked to an hour ago, he's going to wait another year. Well, what if rates don't change and property values still go up? That's the risk he's taking.
1: And that's why it's, uh, it's real important to work with somebody like Ryan, who's knowledgeable about the market, has a number of different programs because you know, all the stuff we're talking about is stuff they run on the news and the news never runs good news. You don't hear about the thousands of planes that land safely every hour. You hear about the one that didn't. And so right now what they're running with is, oh, interest rates are at a historical high and oh my gosh, oh my gosh, because it's all bad news. And that's why, you know, working with somebody like Ryan that has the programs, has the knowledge I mean, you just heard him run down a couple of different options for running out of room or doing those types of things. That's what Ryan brings to the table and why we like working with him is because he's got a lot of different ideas to help you get into that house. And interest rates are just one small thing to take into consideration. It's just that the news is blowing it out of proportion about how important it is and how that's a bellwether. It's really not. That's why, you know, it's real important to work with somebody like Ryan that has that knowledge and that desire to educate so that you are making the right decision. You're not missing out on future opportunities based on current fears.
0: And and I think it's important, too, to know that, goodness, there's there is a learning curve when most of us don't learn anything about mortgages and uh, except for maybe once or twice in our lifetime. And so that's why you need somebody like Ryan who takes the time Um, that that's what's really important about our real estate company, because we really Want to have people that we can refer you to that understand so that that you're not just a 10 minute phone call that they actually can can walk you through some things. Oh, and then have a follow up call. Oh, and then if you come out and you change your mind, you can still call them back because they understand because they've been in your shoes. And so they they get the back and forth until you really land the plane. And and that's why I really highly recommend somebody like Ryan, because um, you don't know what you don't know and you do want to know the good the bad and the ugly but i agree 100% when when everybody is pausing once those rates change, everybody is going to be buying. And so here we are, we're going to be back again three years ago, and I would rather pay a higher interest rate that I can refinance and find a mortgage lender that I can have a relationship with and call and say, hey, Rye, I know I got seven and a half percent on this. I just saw rates went down and everybody is buying. Can I refinance? Once you have that relationship, to me, it's like a hairstylist. You never want to change that person. You want to stay with somebody you could trust. And that's why it's important to make those phone calls, kick the tires, talk to the people you can work with.
1: You've got a hairstylist. Ryan's got a barber. I'm just some schlep just going around to the rando person with a pair of scissors. Hey, Ryan, so what do you say to somebody (laughs) who calls up and is so focused on interest rates? Like, oh, I can't buy because interest rate, interest rate. How do you respond to that person who's just interest rates the most important thing they want to talk about?
2: Yeah, it's, it, it's tough because I think the last three years rates have been in the news, like you said, Paul, all the time. So everybody's a rate expert, you know, and I saw online that rates are this and, um, you know, there's all these teaser rates online, but I think what I try to do is like try to strategize with them. Okay. Yeah. Rates are seven and a half to 8%, but did you know that there's a program we have that can help combat the high rates? You know, you guys probably know about the temporary buy downs where, you know, you can get a credit from the seller to help buy down your rate. Buy down means, you know, you're going to lower your rate for the first year or two to give you some breathing room. So there's strategy in trying, you know, I'm trying to find a solution. For the client, so yeah, we can talk about rates. It's it's terrible right now. Prices are crazy; they're going up. But okay, let's figure out a solution. Here's one option we can look at: it's where we negotiate a credit from the seller to temporarily lower your interest rate by one or two percent for the first two years. So I think just trying to pivot. You know, I'm I'm happy to be a sounding board about rates and all that. Um, but one of the things I end up doing a lot too is because people will go, they'll look at a big bank, and they'll go, well, on their website it's showing this. So then basically we'll do a Zoom call like this and I'll go, okay, let's look at it together. And that's that education piece. Well, if you look, it shows you, you have to pay two points for that. And you know, so just to try to show them exactly what you're really reading. And if they end up using me, of course I want their business, but it's more of a you know educational piece. If they would go on and they end up using that bank, that's great. At least they, they feel confident going into that loan with that bank or that lender. i um, really understanding what they're getting into. So I think just trying to provide a solution or an option for them um, is, is the best.
1: Yeah, because one of the things people focus on, right, they focus on the interest rate and all the costs and everything else, but there's a cost of inaction as well. I mean, if you're renting, you're going to pay another year of rent. There's a cost to that. If housing prices go up, you missed out on it. So there's a cost to doing nothing just as much as there is a cost of doing something. The cost of waiting,
2: you know, that's, that's pretty much what it is. And we have tools to be able to I have all these graphs and stuff that we can share with people, visuals. Um, to be able so they can see like that house that you want to, you know, it's three hundred thousand dollars now and you're gonna rent another year, next year it's gonna be worth three twenty-five. And now you're you know, so yeah, cost of waiting is, is huge.
1: And real quick, Ryan, so we know you're licensed in Tennessee. That's anywhere in Tennessee. What other states, because not everybody listen to this podcast is strictly California. Are there other states that you can you can help people out in?
2: So as of right now, I'm just in California and Tennessee, but I'm working on my license in Kentucky alabama mississippi and georgia so neighboring states tennessee so working on all that all the transition to the new company it's been a lot of onboarding um you know fun training stuff but I've got that all the way in uh, getting applications and i'd moved a couple clients over as well so but yeah so right now it's california and tennessee but um, i'm going to have the neighboring tennessee states uh shortly
0: great I think it's important for our listeners to know also that if you are going through Maplewood Realty with new construction, every new construction builder that we've ever worked with is going to want you to be pre-qualified with their mm-hmm. builder. That's just the nature of new construction. Yeah. But what a lot of people don't know, and we definitely inform our clients of this, is that you don't have to go with them. Now, a lot of times there's some incentives, but somebody like Ryan, is it's totally okay to call him and then find out which one is the better rate. Which one is yeah. the better incentive? Um, because, yeah, you may you may use Ryan, you may not, but that's a relationship that could be started maybe when your mom comes out and buys a pre-existing home or your brother. Right. And now you've got a connection yeah. for your family. And I think that's very valuable, Ryan, that they know that, that they can call and then call back if they don't use you.
2: Yeah, I mean, I've off- I offer that to clients all the time because obviously they have the right to shop, you know, buying a new construction home. Sometimes, yeah, you got to get pre-approved with the builder's lender. But you can ultimately use who you want. There's someone always has the lowest rate. So if somebody, it's all about rate, 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 not about closing costs or anything like that. I, I get that. Uh, I always am happy to walk people through their loan estimate, go line by line. And in the end, if they use someone else, at least you know that that person has the knowledge moving forward to feel comfortable with their mortgage. And then in the end, they'll remember that, and you know, obviously uh, you know, hopefully refer clients or refer other friends, um, to use me, but, you know, in the end, we're all about trying to help people. And, um, you know, we can only do so much, but I'm very willing to help people. Um, even if at the end they use someone else, I totally, especially with the builder's lender, sometimes right now it, it can be tough depending on, uh, incentives, but, uh, I'm happy to, to get the opportunity.
1: All right, Ryan, so up to this point, this has been a pretty softball interview, easygoing questions, but (laughs) now we get to the gotcha part, and this is where we're going to try and get you with our rapid-fire questions. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Joanne, show no mercy. (laughs) Ryan,
0: what is your favorite, and we're going to focus on where you live now here in Tennessee, favorite coffee shop? Favorite coffee shop?
2: Uh, Favorite coffee shop's got to be Highbrow in West Haven right by the house and it's actually pretty good and they have good food
0: favorite pizza parlor
2: i would say sal's and because it reminds me a lot of the uh, we called it new york pizza back in pleasanton california but also i love mellow mushroom i i know it's all over the south but i every time i go there i don't have a bad meal i think it's great
0: yeah, what kind of pizza do you get when you go there
2: i'll do like their barbecue chicken or buffalo chicken or something like that
1: yeah. If you said pineapple, we were going to have to terminate this interview right now and never speak. Oh, God. So, That's sacrilegious. No, no pineapple. No All right.
0: <laughs> what is your favorite? I'm going to ask something I haven't asked before. What's your favorite festival that you've been to? Because, like, Franklin's known for, goodness, 15-plus festivals. What's your favorite festival in the area or even parade or whatever?
2: Well, I feel like my old office was right in downtown Franklin. And I felt every weekend, if I'd want to go in my office on a weekend just to get something done, there's a festival every weekend. So I could never get parking. But, you know, one of my, my least favorite, it's only because of the time of the day, we went to the Strawberry Festival, which I think is in Chapel Hill or where's that at somewhere?
0: Oh, no, I don't it know. was Strawberry it's Festival, Elvin. Linville. Was it in Linville? Yes.
2: Linville. So we went out there last year, Tony, myself, I think uh, my, my in-laws and the kids and... There were no strawberries so uh, we also went at the end of the day on sunday and i thought there could be some strawberry treats or something like that i'm like what the so anyways that's my least favorite but my favorite would probably be uh in our neighborhood porch fest porch festival um mm-hmm. if that counts um but yeah our neighborhood uh, in franklin puts on an event that's it's usually the first weekend of october or last weekend of september it's called porch fest and it's, it's live music As obviously Tennessee is all about live music. There's musicians on porches around the neighborhood and it's all at designated times and you just kind of cruise around the neighborhood and go watch some live music at this house for a bit, pop over the other one. And then at night they do a whole dinner and they usually have a bigger act, uh, that performs in the neighborhood. Two years ago, we had uh, Walker Hayes, which was right at the, the pinnacle of like his whole fancy like song. It was really, yeah. Um, so he performed our neighborhood which is insane. Trying to tell people back in California, like, this is our neighborhood and this is our town. So long story short, porch fest, porch festival is pretty amazing.
0: What is your favorite brewery type place to go? I know Paul and you both share a love of uh, craft breweries.
2: Um, probably, I mean, bearded Iris in downtown Nashville is a cool spot. Um, there's a few I haven't been to. I went to one in Columbia. Was it was a bad idea brewing. Tony and I went there one time. It's just outside of downtown. Um, it's kind of in an area like there's a brewery here or anything, you know, and yeah, it was pretty good. And they had a food truck and all that
1: stuff. So I'd say those are my two favorites. All right. Last rapid fire question, Ryan. Who's your favorite cousin? Go. Well, I'm looking at it right now, you know. <laughs> oh, I have to pick one. You got to pick one. Well, Paul, at the beginning of this, you did
2: say this is Joanne's cousin. You didn't say that I was your cousin, you know, That's so right. I was a little, I was a little hurt. So yeah.
1: I didn't we feel have... like I was, well, I, I didn't feel like I had the, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the chutzpah to step into that inner circle. Because <laughs> of the three of us on this, on this uh, interview, I'm the only one without a dedicated hairstylist. So I feel like I don't <laughs> Is it isn't his
2: name? I thought his name was Sam and he's fantastic. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, the clips I get are great.
0: The family that we come from, Ryan and I, we just take a little extra care of our outward appearance and spend a little more than $4.25 on a haircut.
1: (laughs) Who's your haircut? You're paying way too much for haircuts. I don't know who your haircut guy is. but So, uh, Ryan, we've talked a lot about different products and programs you have to offer, but what's your kind of ideal client or who do you feel like you can uh, work with uh, the best or the easiest?
2: You know, I'm not picky. Uh, but the most joy I get is first time home buyers, uh, which I think for all of us, it's so exciting. We were all there at one point, um, newlyweds that are just going to go buy their first house, go through that experience. And that kind of brings back the, you know, the teaching element, just able to really walk them through the whole process. So, uh, you get joy out of seeing anybody you help buy a home. Um, but obviously when that's their first home, it's, it's pretty special. So, you know, I, and I think, you, you know, I, I've held, um, uh, you had know, meetings before where you guys have shown up and had someone speak about self-employed, you know, loans for self-employed borrowers. So I I, I don't turn anything down. I try to find a solution. So, um, you know, obviously working with self-employed borrowers, is it, we have to get creative, but that's also the fun in the job.
1: And for people listening out there that, you know, you're a, you're somebody who would be a first-time home you and you're thinking, oh, there's no way I could afford a home you'd be surprised. Give Ryan a call, reach out to him because he's likely got a program that you know he can either get you into something now or put you on a path so that six months or a year from now, you can be that first time
0: home buyer. So don't sit there and think, oh, I can't do it. Give Ryan a call. And we will have his contact information in the show notes along with okay. a link to his actual page that you can reach right out to him. Our listeners really fall into your category, Ryan, because while they may not be first-time first-time home buyers, they are first-time Tennessee home buyers, and so yeah. that that's where you are going to be a big help to all of them.
2: Yeah, I mean, I yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I think, like we've said before, like being able to speak about the journey that we all took to come here and share that with the clients, whether they bought it's their first home or their second or third, I think that's just added value that we bring your, you know, your brokerage included, you know, you guys do a fantastic job with people uh, moving here and making them feel comfortable um, not only about their decision, but then afterwards, like I know you guys stay in touch with your clients and just you, you the whole thing about family, you, you treat your clients like family and that's something that I do as well. And uh, I think that's why, you know, it's, it's really fun working with the two of you because we have similar um, goals of what we want to do uh, with our clients and just, you know, our approach to the home buying process. So it makes it more enjoyable uh, to work with people like you.
1: I, I know Ryan treats his clients like family. Cause I saw one of them mowing his lawn the other day. So. <laughs> hey, we were all there. I had to mow my lawn growing up.
0: How can our listeners get in touch with you?
2: I'm easily accessible. You know, Email, phone, all that stuff. So if they wanted to call me, they're more than welcome to call my personal cell. That's what I use for work at 925 998 0766. My email address is ryan.templeman at ccm.com. So R Y A N dot T-E-M-P-L-E-M-A-N at ccm.com. I'm also on Instagram at the ryan templeman. Apparently that, that was available. Um, and also at ryantempleman.com.
1: What about MySpace? If somebody wants to hit you up on MySpace, what do they do? Uh,
2: Let's go back 20 years and then we can definitely be friends. Awesome.
0: Thanks for listening to Exodus California, moving to Tennessee. We are so grateful for listeners like you. Show us your appreciation and subscribe and share this podcast with all your friends and family. And if you'd like to talk to somebody from our office, you can email us at info at maplewoodrealty.net. That's info at maplewoodrealty.net. And we can get you started on your own personalized real estate listings, because we'd love to help you make Tennessee home. Is there anything you think we missed that you'd want to say? And we can ask uh, you that? I mean, Like, was I grandma's happy. favorite or not?
1: Okay, so, Brian, if, if somebody wants a $300,000 loan at 3.5% with uh, two points and no closing costs, what's our monthly payment? Go. It's, it's Friday
2: afternoon, Paul.
1: Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, I, I promised, Ryan there'd be no math on this uh, on this interview. That was a cheat yeah, out on my I know. mind. I jokes on my math teacher because my math teacher said I'd never have a calculator in my pocket. <laughs> oh, Paul. The- Don't end that way. This is, this is already going to be a Netflix series if we keep going. Okay, dear, barbecue's ready.